Is the best Los Angeles Chargers receiver in FFPC Dynasty Leagues not yet on the team? What can Will Levis do for both your Dynasty and FFPC redraft teams? And is one AFC West tight end about to be a massive bust in 2023? Plus, Andy Peacock, a winner of 21 FFPC leagues in his high-stakes career, joins us to wax poetic on the NFC East tight end. He absolutely loves this year. Whether Sky Moore is going to bounce back in 2023 and much more, we've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Silence in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs. Welcome in to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That's the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Uh, I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. You know me from the road of his High Stakes Lowdown, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and of course, the FFPC. My co-host is the definitive commissioner of Fantasy Football, Farrell Elliott. I want to bring him in in just a second before we do lot going on with the FFPC, ladies and gentlemen. want to remind you that you can still win $25,000 in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. Just $125 to enter at myffpc.com. It is running up until the start of the NFL draft, so you have about 13 days still to join. It's going to conclude on April 27th. If it's not filled up by then. I think we're pretty close to only about 200 teams left in that, so make sure you are registering now so you don't uh, be a wish I had, as Farrell Elliott always likes to say. 20-round draft, no kickers, no defenses, 14-week regular season, three weeks of playoffs. We crown a champ after week 17, as we do with all of our leagues at the FFPC. Drafts are available now with a 30-second clock, a 60-second clock, a two-hour clock, a six-hour clock, and those are all going off at myffpc.com. While you're there, adopt a dynasty orphan today uh, with the ffpc discounted teams are indeed available ranging from 75 uh, 77 dollars all the way up to 2500 dollars. some of those teams are discounted as low as one dollar that's right you can pick up an f high stakes ffpc dynasty team for just one buck right now and manage it to greatness we also have 100 level startup leagues going on there right now at myffpc.com so if you want to get your dynasty maiden on you can definitely do that we have drafts starting before the NFL draft. We have drafts starting after the NFL draft as well. It's a great time to be a fantasy football fan. And maybe the greatest reason of all is our mid-stakes contest this year, the Fantasy Pros Championship. Just a $350 entry fee to get in. This year, for the first time ever, we have doubled the grand prize up to $1 million. That's right. $350 entry fee, and you can win a million bucks. That's at myffpc.com. I encourage you to draft early, not just because uh, the ADP has not shifted after the NFL draft yet, and you can get some pretty good values on players. But if you draft by June 1st, uh, excuse me, if you register by June 1st and draft by June 15th, you will get a free $35 uh, league credit to your FFPC account 
uh, account, and you can do that up to three times. So that's over $100 in free FFPC teams when you register at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to at FFPC Fantasy on YouTube, comment on the video. We always appreciate that. Share the video with your friends and enemies and frenemies, and get notified anytime we go live on this channel like we have several times this week. Um, I, I want to make clear that the more you guys do this and, and, and ladies, the more you do this, uh, the more content we can turn out from high stakes owners, just like yourself to share the exploits of how they've, um, uh, been so successful in the FFPC and how you can be successful at the FFPC as well. Let's bring them in right now at KFFSC official on Twitter, KFFSC.com. The definitive commissioner of fantasy football, one Farrell Elliott. Farrell, happy Friday to you, man. We are less than two weeks away from the start of the NFL draft. NFL draft, brother. We'll be in the midst of it in two weeks. That is correct. Balky, I like the way you closed there. You were you were searching for a close, and I you came in with that Uncle Sam. You. I like that. I, you, <laughs> the beard looks sort of fake tonight. What no, it's real. This is what real. Did, what did you do? You did something. You You – well, I'm, I combed it. So you put, I, I looked. Did you put yeah. a little cream rinse in there and it creates volume? What I needed, I did not. But what I need to do is I have some beard oil at home and I, I've been neglecting the beard oil, which makes it, you know, smoother and softer and it just looks more presentable. I've been ignoring that. My promise to everybody watching this tonight more beard oil in this tonight mm -hmm. and uh, it will look much better coming up next Friday. Yeah, it, it looks it looks great. But I mean, you know, my Grand Cherokee's running a quart load too. So I understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. By popular demand, Farrell, you texted me this week and said, Hey, Balky, if at all possible, I'd like to talk about Dalton Schultz. Right. Uh, tonight. And I will, we, we brought this up a couple of weeks ago and I know you, you had a lot of interesting things to say back then. So I want to make sure we're, we're making sure your voice is heard tonight. Dalton Schultz to catch everybody up no longer with the Dallas Cowboys. He signed a one year, $9 million contract, been very productive over the last three seasons. 198 catches, 2,000 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Again, that's in three seasons. Now, Dak Prescott loved throwing to him. Schultz is going to go over to the Texans now. One year, uh, one year nine, uh, $9 million. We don't know who his quarterback is going to be. Currently, the odds would say that it's going to be Bryce Young. Who knows if that's uh, going to happen or not. Um, downfield, I, I don't know if there's a lot to love here, but the dude gets first downs, which we love, in tight, uh, point and a half per catch. Uh, tight end premium leagues like the FFPC. And I got to believe that whoever the rookie quarterback is, whether it's Young, Stroud, Anthony Richardson, they're going to love throwing to Dalton Schultz this year. Farrell, what would you like to share about Schultz tonight? Uh, well, Balky, you know, I thought it was a player that would be interesting to talk about for a lot of reasons. Um, the uh, in, all, in all those formats that you're speaking of in, the, in our lead-in that players should be playing, you can't play, but I can and I'm happy to tell you I'm playing in all of them, from $35 classics to $500 adopted uh, uh, dynasty, dynasty. Uh, to the uh, taking a shot in, in um, at the $1 million for $350. I, I've got one of those teams, and that's where I decided to go heavy tight end. I thought that uh, I went early Andrews. Uh, and uh, then Kittle lagged, and I took him in the fourth round. So I remember what the Dizzle said when I first years ago when the FFPC was first starting. I said, how would you, Dizzle, if you were playing, how would you handle that tight end thing? And he said, well, you 
get you one, maybe fifth or sixth round, get you another one late. Don't be the asshole that takes a bunch of tight ends early, which is exactly when Dalton Schultz showed up. That's exactly what I did. I took him in the ninth round. I think players are sleeping on this guy. So what has changed for Dalton Schultz since he moves to Houston? Well, first of all, I notified Drew Maselli. He has an AFC team now to root for because that is uh, – that's the 49ers in Texas is essentially what's happening here. It's a, it's a convergence of Patriot football and 49er football. Now, the, the interesting signing um, for Houston, D'Amico Ryan's on the defensive side. He's the head coach. But Bobby Slowick, uh, a young offensive coordinator, getting his chance here. And, and it's important to point out that Here's a guy that's pretty much going to stick to his guns. The general manager here is hiring his third coach in three years. So we, these guys are going to have a long leash, and they're going to be here a while. And I think Slowick is going to be very successful. But all he has ever known is the Shanahan offense since he's entered the league. And so the Shanahan offense is to run the ball and uh, celebrate a short passing game in the middle of the field. And when you look on this roster, I, I see guys that on this Houston roster. Uh, I don't think Pierce necessarily is going high enough. Uh, Singletary, who will benefit from the way that this team likes to play, is is quite a bargain. But the biggest bargain, perhaps, is Schultz because um, this is a precision timing offense with with the receivers and a tight end who knows how to get open and catch the ball in traffic. Schultz is good at that. There were some things that he was not asked to do in Texas, um, in uh, Dallas this year. But all in all, it's just I like this player. I like his opportunity with this team. I think everything is colliding for him. And in a, in a world where I don't really understand what happened to him contractually, he has a, a very uh, uh, gifted agent in Steve Carrick. I don't know if they saw this coming. I, I don't know if it was something they could avoid once Pollard got the tag. But this player is a much, much better player than the $6 million he's going to play for this year. And I tell you, if I'm going to get in business with a third tight end on a roster or any tight end on a roster, I want a proven guy that catches a lot of balls in an offense, that celebrates the tight end in the middle of the field, and let me take this guy that thinks he's underpaid and is uh, – got a chip on each shoulder this is my kind of situation so i'm gonna line up uh i'm gonna line up with dalton schultz whenever i can get him and i think uh, our, our ffpc drafters are sleeping on this player. i think uh schultz right now is a player you know as dizzle said you want to wait till the five, fifth or sixth round to draft the tight end you get a second one in dalton schultz he's going right now in the ffpc never too early tournament which by the way shout out to at fantasy mojo on twitter fantasymojo.com darren armani the godfather of the pros versus joe's competition he's been uh, churning out some tweets about who's going to be participating in that over the last couple of weeks as well um he uh is responsible for all the adp we cite on this show dalton schultz 806 in the never too early best ball tournament over the last two weeks uh beg your pardon over the last week tight end 11 going behind Pat Fryermuth and David Njoku is still going ahead of Chigo Quanko and Greg Dulcich, who we have an email about coming up later at the end of the show. We're going to get, get uh, Farrell's um, analysis on, on uh, Dulcich as well. But Dalton Schultz, tight end 11 right now at the 806. I have no problem with that. I look at Houston pretty much being locked in as much as you can be locked in to a rookie quarterback. They love tossing those, those security blanket passes over the middle. I think Pierce, I think you're right. I think he's going too low right now. Not that I love him. 
Uh, but I think he's going too low. I, I could definitely get on board. Dalton Schultz in the FFPC at 806 for sure, Farrell. Uh, by the way, Dizzle is in the chat room. He wants to know how many miles are on that Grand Cherokee that you referenced. 357. 357. Unbelievable. We're going to try to get to half a million. <laughs> uh, what what year is it? Curiously. It is an 07. I, I walked, I, I called up the dealership. This is long before, what is it, Carvana, where you, you know, they, they make a big, I called up the dealership. I said, what have you got? And I bought it over the phone and made the guy drive it out here and give it to me, which was unusual for 2007. And I think that's how everybody buys a car now. But it's 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 been great. It drives past everything but the gas station. It's really great. Uh, yes. Uh, Brooklyn all day, Brooklyn all night chiming in uh, in the chat room right now. Uh, he says he doesn't trust Dalton. Uh, he actually prefers Irv Smith at that spot. Oh, Irv my Smith. God, Brooklyn. He's, my, he's going, what Irv well, here's, Smith? Right. Here's the thing. My goodness. You can get Irv Smith and Dalton Schultz if you want to, because Irv Smith is not going in the FFPC Never Too Early yeah. tournament until tight end 23 at the 1403. So you could easily sink an eighth round pick to, into Dalton Schultz, and you can get both of uh, him and Irv Smith. You can get Irv Smith in the 14th round, too. Irv's, uh, so, Irv's going that high? That's, yeah, that's, 14th round. Well, I mean, know, Brooklyn, he, Brooklyn all day and all night follows up saying uh, the quarterback matters, and right. he's exactly right. Now, I think um, Davis Mills, uh, and, and I would like to see Davis Mills get to play. I, I think I might be in the minority there, but I, I think in this offense, he would be successful. And I, you know, Davis Mills with, with his history, and you know, both players coming from the same school. There's some history there, although they weren't there together very long. But there's, there's, there's some synergy with this that's coming together. Now, I don't care if they bring in a rookie quarterback. Uh, rookie quarterbacks will love up, sure-handed tight end in this situation. So I, the system is a team-oriented system. And, you know, all you could say, Farrell, well, look, all NFL, all NFL teams are team-oriented. Well, in New York Giants, most of it runs through Barkley. And we saw in the Raiders last year, all of us run through Adams. And when mm -hmm. it wasn't running through Adams, it ran through Jacobs, two players. Um so we're in a situation where here you're going to find balanced production. They're not going to produce like the 49ers because they don't have that kind of talent. They don't have that kind of depth, but they're going to have long sustained drives. If you don't believe these guys can put it in the end zone, draft the kicker because they're, they're going to be on the field and they're going to be, they're going to be driving the ball. Uh, I, I will say this about uh, Irv Smith and we'll talk about Hayden Hurst a little bit later, but Hayden Hurst had a pretty good year. Last year with Cincinnati behind Chase Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Um, and now Irv Smith steps into that role there. So mm. I think there, there's reason to like him in the 14th round uh, for sure. Uh, and, and if you don't trust Schultz in the eighth round and, and you don't, you know, you're not buying what Farrell's selling, you want to go with Irv Smith. I always say, what do I always say, Farrell? Get your guys. It's your team. Yeah. You want to, you want to get your guy, Brooklyn. And I mean, you know, if you're, if you're going to draft Irv Smith, you're probably going to put Hayden Hurst in the hall of fame. So draft Hurst first, <laughs> then come back, hit Irv Smith. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't like, uh, if you want to get the kicker on Houston, Kaimi Fairbairn, just as, yeah. as an FYI for all of you drafting in FFPC best ball leagues and KFFC best ball leagues, Kaimi Fairbairn is the kicker. All right, moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Jordan Reed, who has covered the NFL draft uh, with ESPN for, I believe, almost two years now, a little bit less. Um, but he thinks that the Chargers are, quote, adamant about taking a pass catcher 
in the early rounds of this year's uh, draft. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, no strangers to the trainer's room. Justin Herbert needs a playmaker, according to Reed. They want speed on the perimeter. I don't know if Josh Palmer is the type of guy that can give them that type of speed on the perimeter. Jordan Addison could be a first-round pick this year. Uh, Addison, almost 1,600 yards, 17 touchdowns in 2021 at Pittsburgh. Uh, and if that, if he is the selection there, uh, obviously he would be the number three receiver with Allen and Williams. And obviously guys like me are holding the bag on Josh Palmer, who I've invested in over the last couple of years, just waiting for him to take his spot <laughs> after Keenan Allen or Mike Williams get hurt or they move on has not happened yet. But your thoughts on, on, on this report, number one, about the Chargers potentially looking for more speed on the perimeter. How does that affect Allen? How does that affect Williams and how you're drafting him this year, Farrell? And then number two, just we haven't talked about Jordan Addison a whole lot. Your thoughts on him, a really fast guy, a former Bolitnikoff winner, but one of the smallest receivers we have seen in NFL Combine history. The, the small receivers, I think the league has turned away from demanding a certain size of receiver. I, I think they're going to go ahead and draft the small guys because that's what the college is producing. There's one uh, oversized receiver that that has the uh, the numbers and the skill set, runs the smooth routes. That's a Johnson kid. Or he's from in Texas, somewhere down in Texas, right? TCU. TCU. You know, and and he's he's a very good player. And that is typically the wide receiver that you would think the Chargers lean to. They always seem to lean to big body uh, wide receivers. And I happen to like Josh Palmer. And I, I think that's a, you know, could be the fact here that he's an SEC player that I watched at Tennessee, but I, I like him a great deal. Um, but all these players, they're small. Uh, and, you know, Kadarius Tony drafted high as a smaller receiver has already been moved. And everyone can say, well, Farrell Tyreek's small too. Well, yeah, he is, but Tyreek was a special kind of ball player, and I don't think any of these guys are there now, but given the opportunity, they're going to be very, very exciting. I would not spend my first-round draft pick on this type of wide receiver because I think they're plentiful. I think they're going to be in the league. I think you can get them in free agency. Um, you know, so you start to look for a guy with a little size, and, and I think Kellen Moore is the new OC. And, you know, I was sure wrong about Lombardi being able to win with this team, but somebody had to fall on the sore after what's happened in the last couple of years. So they get a new offensive coordinator. And, um, you know, will the receivers look like what they look like in Dallas? I, you know, okay, that's passable. But if you take, uh, you know, my favorite in this group is Flowers. Uh, and, and if, uh, if if he's available, I can see that. But, you know, they're all little. The kid uh, from North Carolina, Dell, she's about Emma's size. If you could get Emma in here for a visual, you know, that's about. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, another player from Tennessee, is, is probably the tallest of the group. But, um, yeah, so they, they may do it. I would be hesitant to do it because – I think they need more than one playmaker there. They need depth. They need guys that can go in and plug and play, much like the Giants did last year when they experienced all those injuries. And um, because Keenan Allen has missed time, Williams has missed time. And so I think they need um, better, solid receivers. The old uh, – the, 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 what, what's the Jones? The Marvin Jones. You need one – you need the last uh, – a uh, quarter of gas left in the tank for Marvin Jones. You know, you need that kind of player with this kind of team is what I think. 
Uh, we have uh, Andy Peacock, a winner of 21 FFPC leagues over the course of his career. Very short, high-stakes career over the last three years. He's been crushing it. He's going to come on uh, in a little bit and talk about his uh, draft so far this season. Before we get to him, I want to talk a little bit about what Mike Kliss reported uh, earlier uh, this week with um, Tank Bigsby actually visiting with the Denver Broncos. Now, Javante Williams, we know, is coming off that ACL injury. Could have been more than just a simple ACL tear. At least that's what I've been reading. Um, at Auburn, Tank Bigsby, although he has a big-sounding name, not all that big. He did rush to just over 2,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 51 catches in the last two years. He was a committee guy there. Bigsby was very efficient uh, on a per-touch basis. Now, NFL Combine, he didn't exactly light it up. He's probably going to be taken on uh, either day two or day three of the draft. But if he is taken by Denver, this is probably a signal that they believe that Williams is probably going to miss the first part of the season or maybe several weeks. And this could be a pre-Brian uh, Bigsby type uh, backfield. Now, I know this is like, you know, we can't really predict where these players are going to go. But we, and we've talked about the Denver running back situation. Farrell, what we have not talked about is Tank Bigsby. Uh, your thoughts on this player, how well could he hold up as a three-down running back in the NFL. And if he can't, how good can he hold up as a second running back on your fantasy team, giving his pass-catching prowess? Yeah. Um, I think Bigsby could be a nice addition, much to my personal dissatisfaction. The, the Denver Broncos apparently can't find a running back that they don't like. So, you know, they're going to continue to bring them all in and talk them over. But um, I think they've got a running back on the, on the team much like this, a guy that uh, – uh, had a couple hard knocks. The kid that came out of Missouri uh, that was at Baltimore. What's his name? Um, for for me... the Ravens? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was played for the Ravens. He didn't start with them. Then he moved to the Ravens. I just can't remember his name right now. Maybe someone else in the in the chat. Uh, yeah, help us out on the chat. He was at the end of the. He was there at the end of the year. Maybe number thirty-seven. It, it doesn't. It. We talked about him last year. But either way, um, he came to them off the practice squad. Okay. Um, so I think that that there's a, a mix of a, a group of players there. You know, that, look, the guy's small and he's nicknamed Tank. It says a lot about okay. what his teammates think of him. There, there, there's a lot of fight in that dog, and and you know you can key on that if you're if you're in the end of the draft. I want to see where he lands first because I, I so I don't want to draft him until after uh, two weeks from now. Um, I'm trying to find the uh Batty. Batty. That's the player I'm thinking. Oh, I thought he was a running back. I didn't think he was a receiver. Yeah, Batty. Okay, well, yeah, uh, yeah. He was yeah. A running back. Okay, yeah. Tyler, we've talked about We're Tyler. About running backs, Funky. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You, I'm, you just I'm, can't you just, you just can't get over the fact that Emma could play wide receiver if, if, tank, if Dale can in North Carolina, you know, Emma. Yeah, I I'm she's she's she needs to work on her lateral quickness, but she does have it in her feral. She just needs to be coached up a little bit. Uh, and once she turns uh, 18 and is looking for a college in just 10 short years, uh, we will keep everybody abreast of where she is going to and where she will be taking her talents to. Speaking of talents, we have a guest that is going to be bringing his talents on to the high-stakes fantasy football hour right now. Started playing fantasy football. Uh, more than a decade ago, he just started playing in high stakes leagues uh, just uh, three years ago, and he's already got two FPC titles and 19 other FFPC league championships to his name already. Uh, please welcome on to the show, Mr. Andy Peacock. Andy, welcome in. How you doing, man? Good. Hi, guys. How you doing? Thanks for having Hi, me. Hi, Andy. We're, we're excited to have you on. Thanks for spending your Friday uh, with us. So this has been very successful, a successful uh, journey for you so far in the FFPC 
um, averaging seven championships a year in all the different formats you play in here with the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm curious, when you're not winning all those leagues, what are you doing for a living? Well, you know, landscaper, I've had uh, my own business for about 25 years now and uh, just love being out there and, and uh, in the Florida sun. I was going to, that was my next question. You're in Florida right now. You've lived down there for, for, for quite a while now. Yep. Yep. Been here about 30 years. What city, Andy? In Cape Coral. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Cape so Coral, like 12 good days that you can go outside in Florida. <laughs> Otherwise, no thanks. What, what airport services Cape Coral? Uh, um, uh, Southwest regional. Okay. Mm. Fort Myers. Very good. Oh, Fort Myers. We we, we know it well. We know yep, it well. we do. The you know, Balky has a favorite player. Um, and first of all, if you how many employees you have working with you? Two. Oh, damn! You could use three because I might be I might be looking for. Yeah, I might be looking for an opportunity. But you know, I think you should slow down and 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 do office work and quit that job because obviously you're a fantasy football guru. Bobby's got a guy or uh, Balky's got a guy. That he's very interested in talking about. He he he's a big Gallup fan with the Cowboys, and he was a little surprised to find out that Brandon Cooks and I know Balky is interested in this because we now it's 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 only April, and we've asked this question to three guests. But I got well, I think more than three, quite frankly. Yeah, I think, I think you've got and you know Balky's over there on Rotoviz, and nobody over there can give him a real answer. So he's going to get his answers here, Andy. Yes. Is Gallup still a worthy fantasy drafted player with Brandon Cook's ascension to the Cowboys roster? Yeah, I believe he is. I last year he was in coming off an injury, and this year he's going to be 100 percent healthy. And a lot of people view him as a wide receiver three on that team right now with Cooks joining the squad. But I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, is the number two on that team. Um, I just I feel like yeah, he's got the rapport with Dak, and he's been there. And I think he'll he'll be much better improved this year. Man, if you want to take, if you want to go look at that film from 2021, you know, you fall in love with Gallup all over again. Yeah, yeah where you're getting him now, you can get him in the 17th round. So taking him there, you're not losing anything if he if he doesn't uh, pan out. Well, and the other thing too is is we've seen. Um, uh, Mike McCarthy come out and say he wants to feature Michael Gallup a little bit more. So he's got at least the coach speak behind him. So 17th round, you're right. I mean, totally 17th. And quite frankly, late 17th round, he's going behind guys like Josh Downs, Rashid Shahid, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's going ahead of Curtis Samuel, John Rick, uh, John Mechie, and Rashid Rice. So yeah, that price is right. The price is awesome for Michael mm -hmm. Gallup right now. Um, we're going to throw it to the uh, chat room right away for you, Andy, here. Uh, this is from Derek Slabas, if I'm pronouncing that right. My apologies to Slabos. you. Derek. Slabos. Uh, question for Andy. Do you see Travis Etienne as a top three back this season? It feels like he's ready to break out. Now, I um, will tell you that in the FFPC Never Too Early tournament, a tournament that Andy has drafted in quite a bit uh, so far this year, uh, right now Travis Etienne, uh, his ADP uh, in that is running back 12, and he is going currently at the 308. This is behind uh, Brees Hall, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard. It's ahead of Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, and Aaron Jones. So if you do believe he's a top three running back, Andy, man, you got to pounce on him right now because this is great value for Travis Etienne. Are you seeing it in the same way as Derek? Um, 
I don't see him as a top three. I he he doesn't get as much catches as people think he does. I I don't think he got more than three catches a game last year. So unless he starts getting more catches, um, I don't view him as a a top three back. I think he's going right right now around the middle of the third round. That's about where I would take him. I wouldn't take him any earlier than that. I think you can get away with, I mean, even if, if you are, you know, Farrell, we, we knew from Dave Terpoli last year, all he did was talk about Travis Etienne. Oh, get him in the third, your, your money. You know, he loved him last year and he, he has dropped off a little bit from that price tag uh, this year. So maybe he does bounce back and, and maybe he does have that top three upside, but I'm kind of with Andy on this right now. I like him in the mid third. I don't love him any higher uh, than that. We talked about Dalton Schultz in the first segment uh, tonight, uh, or in the first part of the show, I should say, Andy. Um, he moves on to Houston. I don't necessarily want to talk about Schultz. I want to ask you about Jake Ferguson, a guy who played for my Wisconsin Badgers for several seasons. He gets drafted by the Cowboys. Now it seems like there's there's some hype around him this year. Are you on the Jake Ferguson hype train in best ball leagues in the FFPC? I'm on him only because of where I can get him. I'm not going to take him as a top 12 uh, tight end. But just like Gallup, he's going so late. If I get him in best balls uh, as my third or fourth tight end, I'm very happy with that. Because if he does break out and, and he does flash a little bit what Schultz did last year, he's great value right there. But otherwise, I'm not going to take him too early. I think you're smart there, Andy. Because I saw their production come from a lot of three tight end sets, which basically th- I thought they were using Schultz as a decoy and they were running some motion. I think Ferguson did real well as a rookie tight end, and you know Hendershot contributed somewhat. But with with Schultz gone and those guys trying to carry the load, I'm I'm not particularly uh, impressed that they will be successful doing that. And uh, makes me think even a little more about uh, your friend, Mister Gallup, and definitely Balky's friend. Balky can't wait to get to Kentucky and draft. I- I, the thing is, I have so much Michael Gallup on my dynasty teams. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll just real quick story is um, when Gallup was a rookie, uh, a lot of times I don't know what to do uh, when I'm on the clock. And I, my son at the time, he's nine years old now. So when Gallup was a rookie, you can imagine how young my son was. And I said, hey, should I take Michael Gallup? I don't remember who the other option was. Um, but, but he said Michael Gallup. And I ended up drafting Gallup based on my whoever, however old he was at the time, like five years old. He said Michael Gallup, and now I've unfairly I have the undo, I have the endowment effect on Gallup. Like I don't want to cut him, I don't want to trade him. I value him way too much on all these dynasty leagues. So that's how my addled brain works as far as uh, Gallup goes right now. Getting back to Ferguson, tight end twenty one at the thirteen eleven behind Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer, the two uh, rookies there, and then going ahead of Gerald Everett, Irv Smith, and Trey McBride. Let's Irv Smith, focus. that's important. Irv Smith, we heard we talked about him earlier. Yes, yes. You know, we we said that when we, we said that when Hawkinson went to Minnesota, we would never have to talk about Irv Smith again. And I'll be there. let's hey, but I tell you what, let's stay in Dallas or let's stay. Let's start, let's talk about Dallas alumni. Um, Amari Cooper. Yes. If you think Watson is going to click this year, he's going to shake the rust off. He's going to have a full season. He's going to contribute to this team. You have to love Amari Cooper in the middle of the fourth round. And now that it appears that just perhaps Cleveland may get out of that dual running back situation, um, that enhances it a little bit. And I like the tight end. I like things for Cooper. And I think he's, I think it's right. But I think when we get to Las Vegas and I give more drink tickets to Brooklyn, <laughs> than, we, 
when we get to Las Vegas, um, I don't think we can get Cooper in the fourth anymore. Do you agree with me? I agree. Right now, Cooper is a smash hit for me in the fourth. <laughs> I I just feel with a, a full offseason with Watson training camp and Watson will play the whole year. I feel like it's going to click for them, and I may be one of the only, but I, I think he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver this year. So I, I appreciate that. And, you know, he played for the Raiders yeah. um, as well. And, you know, just based on the fact that as I look over some of the material that we'll be covering on the night nice show, you know, Balky never brings up the Raiders. So I just want to throw <laughs> that in there. When you get an X Raider, it's good stuff. You know? Right, exactly. Um, Andy, we'll go back to the uh, YouTube chat right now. Godverment is uh, asking about Rashad White, and I know you play some Dynasty too, Andy. He wants to know if if we're keeping Rashad White for this season. I'll have a story about myself and the Dizzle on this shortly. Um, but if you're not keeping Rashad White, what would you be looking to get back in return from him? Uh, I don't know if you have a player in mind or perhaps some pick uh, evaluation in mind, but your thoughts on Rashad White uh, this year, um, and, and we'll shift the focus to Dynasty here. Yeah, um, right now, I don't have White. But the way that Andy, you go? him to be a three down back, if you do want to trade him right now, the value is pretty high. With so, I don't really know what the value is on him as far as uh, I mean, I'd be looking, I'd set the bar high and just you know go back and forth and see what you can get, but I'm not really on him that much. Um, I, this is now Dizzle and I have a long history in, uh, some of the private leagues we play in, uh, co-founder of the FFPC, Dave Gerzak, who's actually hanging out tonight, uh, with us. Um, I have made several deals with him. A couple of them have helped me a little bit in a minor way. A couple of them have helped him out in a major way. And we hooked up on a deal, uh, this past week or two weeks ago where I traded him, uh, Andy, I traded him Rashad White and the 206 in our rookie draft for Nick Chubb and the 210. So that's what I valued him at. Did you think uh, – I should say, ask you, which side would you rather have in that deal? I'd be on the Chubb and the 210 side. I think with Kareem Hunt gone, Chubb is just going to eat this year. Okay. You, so you got the better of the Dizzle in a deal? According to Andy Peacock, I did, Farrell. According to Andy Pe- According to the uh, the Peacock prism, I got the better end of the deal on this one. I have a, a, a quick trade that I did this year. I'd like to run by you guys. So go ahead, please. Bears fan, and I I'm in a keeper league with one of my friends, and we can only keep six guys. And I have DJ Moore on the league. He was not going to make my six keepers, and so I traded him for two draft picks, two uh, a third round and a tenth round is what I for next year. And the next day he got traded to Chicago, and that's my team. I love Chicago, and a friend of mine. Called me, he's like, so what do you think about that trade now? I'm like, I did not know this was gonna happen. You know, sometimes you gotta, you know, take the um. Well, but I'll tell you this, Andy. Like, I don't know if you took the L on this. Like, I I've talked to a lot of people about DJ Moore ever since this trade, and while none of them have been saying, "Oh my goodness, he's just absolutely gonna blow up in Chicago," I had I have had some people say, like, the most glowing endorsement I have heard about DJ Moore now that he's a Bear rather than a Panther from other high stakes players and pundits that cover fantasy football has been um, it's, it's a lateral move, right? He's right. not going to be any better. He's not going to be any worse, but I've had a lot of people tell me, yeah, it's going to be significantly worse this year. Now yeah. I don't necessarily know if 
Justin Fields and that Bears offense can possibly be as run dominant as they were in 2021. If you look at it, Dave Kluge, I was talking with him from Football Guys on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last night. He said, if you look at last year, the Buccaneers almost threw exactly twice as many passes as the Bears did last season. Think about that. Over a 17-game season, the Buccaneers were two passes away from throwing twice as many passes as the Bears. I don't think that's sustainable for Chicago. I think they're going to have to throw the ball more. And I think we're, we're bearing the lead here. You said he wouldn't have made your top six anyway to get draft capital back for that. I think you, you made the smart move there. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> let's, let, let's go to uh, – I want to go back to the uh, the YouTube chat right now. Uh, and this is more from Godverman. He wants to know where McBride ranks in relation to this year's top tight ends. Now, he says, and I think truthfully, the position usually takes a year or two where you start producing in the NFL. He thinks he might be a better bet this season. Now, Andy, we have a situation going on in Arizona right now where we don't think Kyler Murray is going to be healthy to start the season. Could be the Colt McCoy show. DeAndre Hopkins might not be there. So it's a different offense, at least for the start of the season, than we are used to seeing. Trey McBride came on at the end of last season. What are your thoughts with Trey McBride uh, this year as you look uh, at what numbers he could put up in 2023? Yeah, I'm, I feel Trey McBride, he's like a number two with Deckers, um, with his injury. I'm not sure when he's going to come back, to, if at all this year, um, how good he'll be. And Kyler Murray, um, don't know when he'll be back. Um, yeah, I think he'll be like a, a, a two this year. I, I wouldn't draft him as a one, but I'm in. Dynasty, I would keep them and see what happens with them. I do have them on one of my dynasty leagues. I don't know, and, and I did not look at your um, dynasty team um, uh, that you have, Andy, but Sky Moore, redraft and dynasty, disappointed a lot of people last year, especially those people that were siding between Christian Watson and Sky Moore in their dynasty rookie drafts, and they went with Sky Moore. I wish they could have a Gibbsy's backseat on that one. They're not going to get it. Is year two going to be the year to buy in on Sky Moore because he is going to have a breakout season in Kansas City? I bought in on him heavy last year, and I'm buying in on him, just not where I picked him last year. Double digits round, rounds is where I'm taking him. Any piece of um, some, uh, a guy that um, Patrick Mahomes is throwing to, I'm in on. Um, so I'm hoping he takes a step forward. I think Andy Reid will, will get some plays designed for him. And I think he'll be a bigger part of the offense this year with Juju gone. And um, so, yeah, I'm in on him, but just not like it was last year. Sky yeah, Moore. You know, I think, guys, if his name had been Charlie Moore, he never would have got out of the 18th round. I, <laughs> I, I always thought that about that player. And, you know, where was it? Western Michigan? For Sky Moore? Yeah, Western Michigan, Central Michigan. Where did he play, Thomas? I'm looking it up right now. But, Andy, um, you know, it uh, seriously, if, if, uh, and Dizzle points out Arizona is kind of a train wreck, and I think McBride is the most solid acquisition that they've made in a long, long time. And uh, you know, I I think you're right. He's a he's a number two tight end with with a, with the ceiling. And you know, Andy, while you and Balky are, are patting yourselves on the back for your uh, transactions in in Dynasty, which I'm very impressed. That's the one area that I have not. Uh, been able quite to conquer uh in and 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 I I guess I don't have the the reflective capacity to even figure out if I'm getting a good deal bad deal last year I traded Pittman away no I acquired Pittman for the fifth pick in the first round but I I think about this the, the Dizzle getting the better 
uh, uh, Balky getting the better out of Dizzle, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the federales and Poncho out of out of kindness, I suppose. But you know, look, Andy, yeah, Buffalo Singletary's gone. Everybody said when Singletary's gone, the running back he'll really cook. It'll be just fantastic. You can get a Singletary out of the way. Cook is the guy. Nobody's drafted him like that. Uh, acquisition of uh, Harris, I believe, from uh, New England. What else is quelling uh, the movement, what I expected to be the movement um, of Cook up the boards to be the Buffalo running back? Yeah, I mean, I think going around the end of the eighth, beginning of the ninth round right now, and I think that's a good spot for him. If he's your fourth running back by that point, I'm all in on it. For me, going either Damian Harris or or um, Cook, uh, I'd rather go Damian Harris just get the cheaper option there. I I think the person second down back, the passing down back. So I I'd, I'd rather have Damian Harris than that. Interesting. Damian Harris, uh, gentlemen, right now in the FFPC Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament, running back thirty six. At the 9-12, that is right behind Rashad Penny and A.J. Dillon. It's right ahead of Jamal Williams and Samaj P. Ryan. James Cook, as Andy pointed out, going behind Javante Williams and James Conner, right ahead of Alvin Kamara. And, um, yeah, right ahead of Alvin Kamara. And he's going at the 9-01. So same round, but opposite ends of the round. Definitely Cook, the more expensive of the two right now. Damian Harris, you can get at that 9-10 turn. The Rams offense, speaking of differences from 2022, is much different. And it is being drafted much differently than it was at this time last year. Think about this. At this time last year, Cam Akers was still 100% healthy. In, in less than a year, he tore his Achilles. He came back from his Achilles. He looked pretty good. And in, you could make the case that at the end of the season, he was the shining part of that Rams offense. Sixth round right now, uh, Andy. I, I know you have him on a few of your teams. You probably believing that he's going to return value on that sixth-round price tag, right? Yeah. The way he finished last year, the last three or four weeks, was outstanding. But like, I mean, for workhorse back, you broke up a little bit there andy i apologize um uh for that cam Akers, uh the adp from, from what i gathered uh you're willing to take a chance on him at the 610 he is going uh, right behind Damian Pierce and Miles Sanders going ahead of Joe Mixon and Rashad White, while Cam Akers is now ahead of Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, how the mighty have fallen here. Um, let's go back to uh, Godverment in the YouTube chat right now, guys. Uh, Andy, am I crazy for targeting Michael Thomas in the later rounds? If he's healthy, I feel like he is a lock for 15-plus points a game. You look at Michael Thomas's ADP, it's probably never been lower. Um, well, maybe last year it was lower. But Michael Thomas, wide receiver, 45 at the 10.02. Andy, have you been drafting Thomas at all there? What are your feelings on him this season? Andy, 
Andy, Andy, Andy, shake up that microphone yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Give, give it a little punch. Now, now, the, test it. The camera's coming great. I don't know you, what's going you know, on. You with look the like a million dollars. You sound like me and Balky singing. It, <laughs> it's it's bad. But but uh, you've got such great words to share with us. We need to get that. We need to get that mic working. You're give it a chance. No, but your lips are moving. Uh, let me. Hey, you might have had it. Good. There. That was good. You had it. Go ahead. Is that better? That's yes, perfect. sir. Absolutely. Uh, right here. Could you, could you just review how you answered the last question? Because I think you had something really positive to say about it. Um, yes, uh, Michael Thomas. Um, I have not really drafted him, but maybe one time this year. I'm not in on Thomas. I, um, I just don't trust that he'll be healthy or that his head's in football as much as it should be. But if he is healthy and he's in the football he's a great steal where you're getting them but i'm just not in on him this year i think we could dig a little more and try to find out exactly how he's responding to the challenge of playing i'm a i'm a big fan with shahid you know i, I really like shahid I, I look at you know we were talking about what the chargers should do in the first round there's so many receivers uh that there's a receiver out of weber state uh, you know who, who comes into the league and plays very, very well. I think there's some receiver talent uh, with that team that could impede him getting those 150, 60 targets that he was used to. But whatever he gets, I think he's a, a, one of the better slant – Thomas, one of the better slant receivers in the league. Uh, so we shall see. Uh, let me ask you this. We have looked – you know, we were talking earlier in the show about how I am – fearlessly adding tight ends to my roster. That's what I thought dual flex meant. Oh, draft a bunch of tight ends. And, you know, the rookie class of tight ends this year, very impressive uh, amongst the tight ends or any other players that are going to be available two weeks from now uh, during the selection process. Who, who do you like? Uh, just just hit us with some guys. Yeah, as far as a lot of college. Oh, shake it up again. Oh, no. There we go. All right. Can you hear me okay? Yes, perfect now. Don't move. Just talk. Uh, <laughs> um, as far as college goes, I'm not a big college guy, so I don't follow a lot. Um, the only college guys I, I'm really following, I mean, drafting right now is like Bijan. Of course, everybody is like in the – I'll draft him in the first round, anywhere in the first round. I, I believe he's going to produce this year no matter where he goes. Um, and uh, Gibbs – I think he's going – I've seen him going around in the fourth round and some usually a fifth round. That's a little too high for me. I think back to last year, you were getting Damian Paris and Algier like in the 12th round before the NFL draft, and they kind of, you know, made their way to around the sixth round by the – by the um after the draft. So uh, Gibbs, I don't feel like he's going to um, climb the board too much no matter where he goes, being that you can get him right now in the fourth Years ago, um, Bucky, when, when we had um, one of the first shows you and I ever did together, we had our old friend Danny Gibson. Mm -hmm. and he talked about when he saw it in college, that was good enough for him. And I think, Andy, I, I think you could turn your – the fact that you don't have time or are not compelled to view college football into an asset because when you see guys have these great Saturdays, uh, or when you see guys have a difficult time and make 
make some bad, uh, have some bad games. Uh, you can set that aside. If you start watching college, if you would let your college season begin in February at the combine, I think you could, cause you wouldn't have any junk in your head about all the great runs that Gibbs <laughs> did at Alabama. And, you know, it, 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 and they were great, but it's hard to get them out of your mind because you project that in the NFL. So I think if you don't watch college football, but you start watching the combine, you again would be ahead of the game. Um, Farrell, we are we're running short on time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy's been very gracious with his time tonight. Let's ask him one final question before we get uh, <laughs> let him enjoy his Florida weekend. Okay, somebody you don't care for, somebody you're not drag can't be a rookie because you've already said you, you you're not in there on the rookie. So somebody you would not touch, and 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 somebody that you can just see the future in that everyone else perhaps can't see or any compelling argument that you want to make for a player you love? As far as one that I'm not drafting this year is um, Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Last year, his his fantasy production took a little dip, and he's in a year older, and there's a looming yep. uh, suspension coming. And so I just don't – I'm just off of him totally this year. So I, I may have drafted him a couple times in best balls when I've gotten a really good deal on him, but – He's a guy I'm off this year. And as far as a guy that I love, and I, I think it's somebody that that he's on everybody's radar, but I love TJ Hawkinson, especially being an FFPC with a, um, the tight end premium. I just feel like no matter who they get in there, he's going to be their second guy for targets. And um, I think he's got a shot at being the number one guy this year. I really do. So that's the guy I'm on. Whenever I can draft him and I'm getting him in the third round, I'm happy yep. with him. Yeah, Hawkinson right now, ADP of 303 in the Never Too Early Best Ball Tournament. He is uh, ahead of Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, tight end four. Unbelievable. I, we could spend like literally three hours talking about how high-stakes players have been treating Kyle Pitts over the last few years. Still um, waters run deep, Bob. Still waters run deep indeed. Yes, they do. TJ Hawkinson, 303. Now, Mark Andrews is the number two tight end right now um, by ADP. He's going at the 301. Could Hawkinson pass him? Yes, he could. Will he? I don't know. We're going to have to get closer to the start of, you know, pros versus Joes, the FFPC main event. And as we get amped up for drafting season here, we'll follow that story. And uh, we wish good luck to you, Andy, not only for hanging out with us tonight and talking a little shop, telling us a little bit about your philosophy on drafting, who you're liking, who you're not so much liking this year, but good luck in all your leagues this year too. Um, uh, You've had an incredible track record so far. I hope you continue down that path. Don't be a stranger. We'll talk to you again sometime soon, man. That sounds great. Thanks for having me tonight. Andy Peacock, ladies and gentlemen, a 21-time winner uh, of the FFPC leagues in his three short years playing in high stakes leagues with the fantasy football players championship. I think this is um, a testament to anybody who's thinking about playing dynasty and picking up an orphan. And he's a successful dynasty player. He doesn't watch college football yet. He still wins. So this is interesting for anybody who's like, ah, I don't follow college football. It's not about following college football of dynasty. It's all about playing fantasy football, 365 days a year, and you can do it and not follow college football, be good at it and enjoy it. Farrell. Oh yeah. Greatest thing I can say about my dynasty experience last year was, hey, I drafted Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh Ooh. round. So you can lean into that, and you'll never get tired of hearing that. You know, five years from now, I'll lean over and tell somebody that. You know. um, 
Uh, well, congratulations. And I have Pacheco on a couple of my KFFSC Dynasty teams as well. I'm very uh, looking forward to see how this season goes with Pacheco. We were just talking about uh, the Vikings and Dizzle chiming in. Cousins to Hawkinson is much, 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 much better than Desmond Ritter to Kyle Pitts. If it is indeed Desmond Ritter throwing to Kyle Pitts. Oh, season. yeah, it will be. It will be? Okay. Yeah. All right. I still say there's a non-zero chance that that doesn't happen, but we shall see on Desmond Ritter throwing to Kyle Pitts. I'll be excited to see it. Um, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings here, Carol. And, and this is an email from Henry in New York. Who's the better value among the Minnesota running backs right now? Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison? Thanks, gentlemen. Farrell, my apologies. We may have had a similar email to this before. So if you've answered this question, stop me right now. I believe I have because, you know, my answer is not okay. glib. It is avoid this situation. Let someone totally. else make this mistake. Okay. Let other, let other people make this mistake. Now, I understand that from the Dalvin Cook standpoint, given that you have to give up um, a mid-fifth-round pick to get him in the never-too-early tournament. But you're still saying Alexander Madison, Farrell, a guy who is not going until um, – let's see, where is he going right now in the never-too-early tournament? Uh, running back 40 at the 10-10, you still don't want to be in business with him at that point? No, I think you could draft one of the college guys that uh, Andy doesn't know now but will know in <laughs> September when he shows up and kicks all our butts. But um, – you know, Madison has gone in the 10th round for the entirety of his career. And what are you telling me you got out of him? He makes sense maybe in the best ball, but I don't think you want to try to guess when the, when the Vikings are going to play Alexander Metz. So you'd be more likely to take him in the 10th round of, a, of the never-too-early yeah, tournament. Yeah. But maybe fantasy pros, you'd shy away from him. Yeah, I think there's it. an argument uh, for that. Uh, no, totally. Um, do you own Delvin Cook in any dynasty leagues? What, what would you be doing with him right now? Oh, um, I do not, and um, so I have not considered that. What would I, I be doing? It either, I would try yeah. to trade him for a seventh-round pick and get Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> I'm not the next coming of Isaiah Pacheco. No, I'm not a cook guy, uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's a terrific football player. He seems to let you down in fantasy football. And I, 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 go ahead. I think Dalvin Cooks, well, number one, he played for my beloved Florida State Seminole, so I always have a soft spot for him. But I would say this right now. There's no way – I mean, I wouldn't even bother sending out offers to try to get a first-round pick for Dalvin Cook at this point. But if I could get a high to mid-second-round pick, I'd do that right now. There's still a chance that this dude gets released. If he gets released, it's all bets are off as far as what his role is going to be in 2023. I'm going to cash out on Cook right now if I haven't already. That's my philosophy on Dalvin Cook right now. Um, Now, Dizzle's pointing this out in the chat. Uh, the Minnesota offensive line got worse and worse as far as injury goes as the season pressed on. Of 134 carries that he had last year, eight of them came with Christian Derrissaw, Garrett Bradbury, and Brian O'Neill all in the field at the same time. Now, I don't know. I, Brian O'Neill I'm not familiar with, but I know Derrissaw and I believe Bradbury were both first-round picks, if not first-round, high second-round picks. So there is something to be said for that. Um, 146 carries with all three of them on the field and had uh, averaged 5.1 yards per carry, uh, point, uh, 38.4% success rate, 13% uh, uh, of runs for 10 or more yards, 19% of the runs failed to gain yardage, 3.77 yards after contact per carry. Those are all good numbers when those guys are healthy. So I think um, Dizzle's making a good point about Dalvin Cook right here, and that is according to uh, Warren Sharp and his sharp football analysis. You can get Sharp those stats. stats. Right. He's, he's yeah. got it. He's got. It. I would venture to say this is this is one of those. This is a Dave Turp comment. This is this is this is minted by Turp, uh, old school Dave Turp comment. 
Jim Brown never gave a damn who was blocking for him. You know, um, didn't say anything else. So. Right. Uh, Godbrement, uh, chiming in right now back on the Trey McBride thing, and we should give him some tangible advice here, Farrell. He's available in his rookie free agent draft. Would, would, should he be drafting a top rookie and then waiting until the second round to take Trey McBride? And I would tell him that if this is an FFPC rookie free agent draft, I don't necessarily know if Trey McBride's making it to the second round. He could, he definitely could. I don't know if you want to chance it. I, I'm not a huge fan of this rookie class in general, so that's why I think McBride could could creep into the first round of uh, of a rookie free agent draft. Um, the government, I think you should draft Trey McBride. I drafted him last year. Um, you know, without the Zach Ertz situation, McBride would would have had opportunities to do things offensively, and now you've you've got some questions. Um, about Ertz, I, I think, um, uh, yeah, I I would not hesitate on McBride. And uh, the, the answer is, is he trying to get two tight ends, Boggy? I the think the point? idea is he's just trying to get a really good rookie in the first round, regardless of position. Okay. Well, I think I think McBride, and you, you could probably, with all the tight ends out there, you might be able to bounce back and get another one, depending on how hungry you are for the position and uh, yeah, because over years that's going to serve you very, very well. He is a, he is a game changer and a, and a diverse talent. The guy most like him this year, a little more celebrated because of the type of offense they played in college would be Dalton Kincaid. But I think they're very similar as players. Um, let's go to um this question from God, who is it now? I just had it up. Joel in Teterboro, New Jersey. I think he emailed us last week too, or earlier this, this year. I remember, I remember his email address after hearing what Sean Payton had to say about his tight ends. Are you staying away from Greg Dulcich as a bus? Thank you for the email, Joel. Now, according to the Denver post, they quoted Sean Payton as when he was talking about Greg Dulcich, he said, some of it was hard. That's a quote. When he was asked to evaluate Dulcich's performance, Last year, quote, we'll see the Broncos get Chris Manhurts in free agency and Dulcich uh, missed some games because of hamstring injury last year. Now, uh, the post speculates that the Broncos might add another tight end in the draft. And Peyton's response, quote, said everything about the team's lukewarm feeling about its tight end room. You have Greg Dulcich. You're probably not liking this. Uh, the post also uh, posted, pun intended, uh, in this piece, that Albert Okawepanam could be traded or released if they do draft the tight end. The big, the headline here is Dulcich right now, Farrell. If you have Greg Dulcich, you see Sean Payton make these comments. Dynasty leagues, are you selling them for 75, 80 cents on the dollar now and just washing your hands of it, or do you still believe in them? Yeah, I still believe in Dulcich. I would never play poker with Payton, you know, and I, I think he, who knows? Well, who knows what he's trying to get out of the, the, the player? I do know that. Uh, the general manager and, and Dolce's father were great friends in their undergrad days at uh, UCLA, I believe it was. But that could be beside the point. It creates awareness about the kind of player they is. He, they drafted him because he was a talent. I like the player, and I like him just about as much as any of these rookie TDs. I think that Dizzle is making a comment due to the fact that this guy was a fine player last year. He was a downfield player from quarterback that couldn't get the ball to receivers like Portland Sutton and Jerry Judy and the list goes on and he came in and he did some things. So I'm, I'm with it. 
Uh, Greg Dulcich uh, played in week six. Yeah, he, he got missed, started. He was hurt. He got yeah, started. He, he got started late because he was hurt. But week six was his first game. He caught a touchdown in that game. Week 16 was his last game. He caught a touchdown in that game. Those are the only two touchdowns. However, he did have uh, four games of at least four catches, which is like you what you like to see from a rookie. I don't necessarily doubt the talent. I think the the at least the yellow flag, or as Matt Schell from Draft Shark says, the pink flag here um, with Dulcich is these comments from Sean Payton. That yeah. makes me think like, okay, well, you know, maybe I, I shouldn't be as high on him as I am because it doesn't sound like the coach is. And, at and, least it's not like Katie Blackburn that says he's on the team for now. You know, um, let's go to, uh, I don't think we covered this last week cause I don't think he was signed yet, but Odell Beckham is now in Baltimore, Paul in Garfield Heights, Ohio. How are you fellas? Now that we know Odell Beckham will be a Raven. Is he going at a good spot in the fantasy pros championship? Enjoy the weekend. Thank you, Paul. We definitely will do that. The fantasy pros championship ADP will reference that right now. As far as Odell Beckham goes, um, over the last two weeks. And, and I know that this ADP isn't going to be totally accurate because Beckham has not been a Raven for two weeks. He's gone as high as 9-11, wide receiver 53 on average. The 11-06 is where he had been going. I think he's settling in sort of that ninth, ninth round range right there. That's going to be like Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sky Moore, that area there. Farrell would be comfortable being in business with a guy who has had some knee problems. He's on the wrong side of 30 now. Odell Beckham in the ninth round, yay or nay? Um. I'll have him on my fantasy team. I don't want to fly with him anywhere, but I'll, I'll have him on my fantasy team. And I, I think that there's something about the Baltimore Ravens, which is unusual in their locker room. They have a sense of a family. And I think that's what made this player a Raven and it, it's it's a legitimate thing. Um, it, you know, you're expected to act a certain way there. And if you don't, they're going to show you the door. I, I've had a client in my career who didn't, and he got shown the door very, very quickly. You've got to buy into their culture. And I think that's what they sold this player. And perhaps that's what he has been looking for. I think he will be productive in this situation. Um, we've talked about how much he's going to play on the field based on what they pay him. They expect him to be on the field a great deal. And we've got a new offensive coordinator here. So guess what? The receivers are going to have to block like they used to. Right. So, you know, it's going to look like – and I, th I think the one stat, it, once Lamar returns and he will return, and it, it's – I have to – break it down. I'm going to get it incorrect here, but it's the stat that says ag downfield accuracy uh, for quarterbacks. And Lamar is at the top or, or near the top. He's, he throws more completes down the field uh, than most. And so it's a situation where, and I think it's because he keeps the play alive so long uh, that, that his, his receivers can gain separation. So you then begin to think about Beckham and how he catches the ball he can catch some balls with one hand better than others can with two. He high points the ball. He gets separation. Lamar keeps the play alive. If it all comes together, our friend uh, Paulie from up there in Toronto that, that doesn't like the CFL, he'll be liking the fact that Lamar Jackson is his guy. 
Yeah, Paul Van Boosveen, uh, who was on the program uh, two weeks ago. Yes, yeah. that is, that's a great point, Farrell. Uh, by the way, I'm just getting breaking news in my ear right now. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers has already blamed Brian Gutekunst for the Jets not being able to sign Odell well, Beckham. Of course. Sh- really shocking news. I, I'm as floored as you are, but that's what we're dealing with here, 2023 in the year of our Lord. Final email, Fred in Charlotte, Farrell. What did you think of that doctor contacting all the NFL teams to tell them about the health of Dalton Kincaid's back? Love your podcast. That is Fred and Charlotte. Fred, we appreciate you, and we love you as well. Farrell, I'll be honest with you. With the Dalton Kincaid back situation, so he missed the end of the last season. I I love Kincaid, and I think I've been pretty um, um, obvious about my feelings on Dalton Kincaid as a dynasty asset uh, on this program. Um, But I know that the, the back thing did concern me. He missed some time with the Utes at the end of last season. And initially I saw this news and I don't know if it was confirmation bias or whatever it was, but I was like, oh, this is fantastic. So this doctor is telling all the teams he is good to go. Let's go. Dalton Kincaid wheels up. And then I thought about it. Why is a doctor telling every single team in the NFL that this guy is healthy enough and that he's good enough and he should be drafted like with no like the the fact that he hasn't he's been asymptomatic for three months or whatever the, the letter said like to me. And then it's like. Me thinks thou doth protest too much <laughs> about this. So then I'm like, maybe this isn't good news. Maybe this is bad news. How are you reading this thing with Kincaid? No, that goes on with with all players. And if you if you have a player with an injury history, if, as a, from an agent perspective, if you have a client that has an injury history, you are going to make sure the word gets out. The, the, most of the teams are going to ask for it. Most of the teams are going that you check with are going to tell you, no, we have confirmation of it. And you're trying to get in a situation where you say, you know, to get everyone on the same page that this player is healthy, but you're trying to find out if any team is skewed in a direction that says he isn't. And then you do it after the pro day. You do it after the visits. You do it after all the physicality because you have a guy like you, Balky, that says, okay, they say he's healthy. And I'm watching him move. He sure he looks like he moves a little funny to me. And that's that's uh, you know that that's over analysis by uh, some of the scouting world. So yeah, th- this is happening. There's all kinds of medical records being shared and being sent around uh, to teams uh, you know, from doctors all over the country. I uh, I want to uh, say that um, we have covered the rookies really well tonight and we hadn't talked a damn bit about a quarterback well okay well that's the thing is like i wanted so let's talk about this this let's let's leave it with this tonight because we didn't get to this in the first part of the show because i was yammering about whatever matt miller yammering too no no that was probably me matt miller uh from espn nfl draft expert uh says that the colts have will levis ahead of anthony richardson because levis is quote more ready or more likely to play right away now the Colts are picking fourth in the draft. The Cardinals could be open season on that number three pick for somebody trading up to draft another quarterback. We could see quarterbacks go in the first four picks of the draft. Levis, if he's drafted by Indianapolis, would compete with Gardner Minshew. He's not all. He's not the most accurate uh, player in the world, which probably wouldn't be good for your guy, Michael Pittman. Farrell, he's a Kentucky guy, is Will Levis. Your thoughts on Levis as a professional quarterback? Are you on him? Are you off him? Are you unsure of what he's going to do at the next level? I'm a little unsure. And then some of the complaints that this is, you know, this is secondary information because I, I certainly couldn't evaluate it, but when I was told about it, I could see it. He looks a little mechanical. His footwork is sloppy. His numbers support better play in his junior year than we got this year. 
sometimes I tell college players, don't start living like an NFL player while you're still in college. Um, Will Levitt's cashed in so much on NIL money, it could have been distraction. Um, he's he's a interesting personality with fantastic arm talent. But you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks. If you talk about arm talent uh, as the key to what makes you want a quarterback, then you're likely going to be uh, disappointed. I it's it's not an original thought. It's been put in my head by a couple quarterback coaches, but I had to immediately agree with him. He reminds me of Blake Bortles. And so mm. we know we know about Blake Bortles' career. Now, should he go to the Colts? Uh, what would it what would be the effect on Pittman? Not difficult uh to think that he and Pittman wouldn't be successful from a fantasy standpoint because Levitz is going to train in on that number one receiver and he'll be uh to the detriment of the team throughout the season, but to the fantasy benefit but I do notice that, that Pittman is dropping a little bit in the draft. So uh, that's, you know, and, and I root for Levis to come in and, and prove everybody wrong. I would I would look another direction because, you know, so much of, of what we do in scouting of rookies is based on the testing aspect. And when you have a player like Richardson that has done what he's done with the testing and then you look at uh, what's happened with, the successful quarterbacks that are bringing this skill mix to the NFL. That's who I would bet on and give him time to, to get prepared to do so. Uh, as Dizzle points out in the chat room, I had to do a little, I had to get on the Google machine to verify this. Will Levis does indeed eat bananas. Peel <laughs> on that is, that is 100% fact. Um, now they are overripe bananas that, that he eats, but yes, he eats bananas at the peel on. And we have not confirmed whether this was a challenge, one of the social media challenges that the kids are on, or if this is a real thing. But uh, he's got a TikTok video of him mixing in a little mayonnaise with his coffee, Farrell. Um, is that something that people do in Kentucky? I don't he think did, so. No, that's not a Kentucky thing. Although, uh, you know, there's old school guys that used to put butter in their coffee. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, you know, a lot of different things have gone into coffee. Matter of fact, you can guess what I have in mind tonight. But the, I, I think he's just trying to present himself as an individual uh, within a team sport. And he's, he's learned a little bit about marketing and maybe, uh, you know, maybe uh, Miracle Whip and uh, Hellman's will fight over, you know, he's, he's, there's probably a little method to his madness, but uh it will be interesting to see how he does. And I, I think what we're answering here on the fantasy, you know, when we're talking about dynasty, I think in this year we can, you know, we can do better elsewhere. I am with you. I'm not a Levis guy in um, dynasty leagues, redraft. Well, maybe not redraft, but dynasty leagues for sure. Uh, mm -hmm. If I'm picking a quarterback and Stroud and Young are off the board, I am 100 times out of 100 going, well, 95 times out of 100. I'm going with Anthony Richardson over Will Levis if my mind's made up on a quarterback. I look at the ceiling that Richardson could have, the way that he tested. Uh, the comment, You know, we, we had Josh Norris um, from, um, I can't remember who he's, I, I think he's still with Roto World. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. But he said, you know, maybe a quarterback athleticism is simply the floor. 
And then everything else beyond that is what, what we can craft a quarterback into or what NFL coaches uh, can craft a quarterback into. I thought that's interesting. And if Richardson's really athleticism is the floor, my God, this could be huge uh, this year. We won't have to wait long. We are less than two weeks away from the NFL draft when we should see um, at least three, maybe all four of those quarterbacks go uh, on uh, in the first round in Kansas City uh, two weeks from yesterday, Thursday night. It's going to be fun on April 27th. Uh, I can't wait for it. Farrell, we have one more. We have Technically, we have two more shows to do then, but we have one more Friday show to do then. Uh, I will talk with you next week. We will continue to uh, follow you on Twitter at KFFSC Official. And, of course, check out the KFFSC at KFFSC.com. You can sign up for the main event right now. $25,000 grand prize is going on there this year. And we have the um, – I know there's a Draft Masters uh, that, that just filled, and those uh, continue to fill up. And then we have the Run to Daylight Sweet 16 Championship, which starts on Sunday. Well, Sunday. you know what? It starts based on demand. And I think what we're we're having is a, a lack of demand based on everyone wanting to live through the draft. So it's probably probably none of them are going to sell. I, I tell you one thing for anyone that's listening to the show and wants to participate in our main event and to our guest we had tonight, an, an easy trip from Florida to get up here to, mm-hmm. to Louisville. And I'll give you the day. It's live the 25th through the 27th. And we'll have online drafts all the way through August. Well, my point is uh, we bring together a lot of people to, to have a very good time and good competition. And everyone here is playing in the FFPC. And I think participation here makes you only sharper and better than once you get to Las Vegas. And there's nothing we would rather do and see our players win, our top five finishers in the main event, get receive in addition to all their cash prizes, trophies, and lifetime respect from everyone in the fantasy football world. They get a ticket and a bid to play in the FFPC. The Dizzle loaded up those accounts that are last year's top five finishers. And, you know, my dream is that one of our top five guys will walk home with that million-dollar FFPC prize, and they can say, hey, I used my $300 entry fee in Kentucky and parlayed it into a million dollars. And so, you know, that's, that's what I'm rooting for. We've seen KFFSC people at the top of that main event leaderboard. Uh, yeah. Even recently, Petrie, Petrie and Larson, too, were up there for uh, for quite a while. Uh, I, I feel like last year, for about a month, month and a half, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, they were in the top five, and, and it can be done. I have yet – this will be the 21st year of the KFFSC, Farrell, 21 mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to hear anybody say, boy, that KFFSC really didn't prepare me for Vegas or <laughs> boy, I had a really bad time coming to the KFFSC. Nobody has ever said anything even like mediocre or like either yeah. way on it. Everybody says it makes me a better fantasy player when I go out to Vegas. It makes me a better fantasy player when I'm drafting the FFPC. And I had a blast hanging out with oh. all these new friends I made uh, in Louisville. So certainly uh, thank you so much for everything you do. And I can't wait to see you again this year, man. It's my pleasure, and I can't wait to see you again next week. You got it. Friday night, man. We'll do it then. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen. Farrell, enjoy your weekend, man. Thank you. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, KFFSC.com, is where to register for those Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship Leagues, like I have already drafted in a few of them already this year. Andy Peacock, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and of course, each and every one of you, I am entirely and totally indebted to you for hanging out with me on this Friday night or streaming it, listening to it later on, whatever you're doing, 
We appreciate it. We return live at Fry on Friday, uh, 10-9 Central. High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network goes live Thursday night at 7-6 Central on bettersports.com as well as the FFPC social media channels. We had Dave Kluge on this past week from footballguys.com. That was a that was a fun riot. Uh, can't wait. Uh, I think what we're doing, again, don't quote me on this because I'm still waiting for confirmation, but Garrett Price and the Dynasty Nerds, and you're probably familiar with them if you play in the FFPC, uh, their show comes on after mine at 9 o'clock on the Better Sports Network. And I think in honor of the NFL draft, what we're going to do is Garrett is going to be my guest on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show. And then I will in turn be Garrett's guest on his show. So it will be four straight hours of nothing but 2023 NFL draft and rookie draft talk uh, on the Better Sports Network. Cannot wait to do that. If you feel like you were unprepared for your rookie draft or unprepared to watch the NFL draft, we're going to make sure you are 100% covered from everything to the top tier quarterbacks to the uh, most diminutive of uh, running backs in, in the draft. We will get to all of them for four hours on bettersports.com coming up on Thursday night. Win $25,000 in the FFPC, never too early best ball tournament right now. Just $125 entry fee. That's at myffpc.com. Drafts, uh, you can get in at a 30-second clock, 60-second clock, two-hour clock, six-hour clock. Uh, they are available right now, myffpc.com. In fact, I'm going to load it up right now because I know, I think we're right around um, like 220, 230 teams left in the never too early tournament. And I know people are going to be drafting this weekend. Obviously we don't have a holiday weekend, uh, th this weekend. So I know more people will be drafting in the never too early best ball tournament. So right now, as I look at where we're at on that, um, and by the way, while you're at myffpc.com, adopt those dynasty orphans that we have. Still got a lot of good teams out there for as little as a dollar in some of them. You want to get in at the $77 level, the $2,500 level. We have a price point for you, myffpc.com. And of course, the $100 startup uh, leagues. Uh, if you want to get in on a FFPC dynasty maiden draft, you can definitely do that right now. Again, at myffpc.com. The never too early tournament. Uh, is down down to a 184 spots left. So make sure you're getting into that. That is going to sell out uh, shortly or reach capacity shortly, I should say. Um, and uh, you don't want to miss out on that $25,000 grand prize on that. The uh, drafts will stop the night of the NFL draft if it has not uh, reached capacity by then. You can also win $1 million in the Fantasy Pros Championship for just a $350 entry fee. That's at myffpc.com as well. And make sure that you are signing up prior to June 1st. Make sure you are drafting prior to June 15th, because if you do that, you're going to get a free $35 FFPC league credit applied to your account. And you can, we'll do that up to three times. So if you want to draft three times before June 15th, register before June 1st, you're going to get three $35 credits. That's over $100 in free FFPC league credits. We encourage you to do that. We also encourage you to like this video, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified. Uh, anytime this channel goes live, we're bringing you all the great high stakes players um, for a decade plus now here with the FFPC. I feel like it's making all of us, including myself, better fantasy football players. And we can't wait to bring you uh, some more great guests coming up uh, in the month of uh, May uh, when we get past the NFL draft. And of course, the next couple of weeks before the NFL draft starts, this is where you come for high stakes fantasy football knowledge. And we're so grateful that you do each and every week. Thank you so much, everybody. Your weekend officially starts now. <laughs>this has been another episode of the high stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com it was broadcast live and was watched around the world 
Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm not sure if I gave it a uh, short shrift, but um, I, I know last week we had on um, Tim Gilbertson on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown, who is a very talented dynasty player. And if you have not checked that out, rotaviz.com slash podcast, uh, as well as the FFPC YouTube channel. We had a great interview with him, talked about his dynasty philosophy, rookie draft philosophy, who he's on, who he's off this year, and some rookie insight too. So as you get prepared and, and, and wound up for the NFL draft and your rookie drafts, that is a great resource as well. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, enjoy your April, everybody. And we're, we're almost to the NFL draft. It's almost here. Can't wait for it. It's going to be great. And we will have all your coverage for it right here on the FFPC YouTube channel uh, and the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Thanks for watching, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.